What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the Basketball Studios podcast. So today I want to talk about the Lakers. I want to talk about Tyron Lue, the Oklahoma City Thunder and them struggling, the Rockets, just a little bit of everything. Uh, I might have a little bit more that I dive into. Who knows? But those are going to be the four main topics that I'm going to be talking about. So I'm going to talk about the Lakers today. Don't worry, I'm not going to go too far deep into the Lakers. I still want to have that separate podcast episode where I talk about the Lakers, the Warriors, the Celtics, and all, all those other top teams where I really take a deep dive into each individual team and really talk about uh, not just how they're going to be this season, uh, not just my predictions of how they're going to be this season, but how they're going to be in the future, the next three to four to five years. So let's just get into it. Uh, the Lakers, right now they're two and four. Uh, they played the Spurs yesterday, lost in a close game. Um, it was a thriller if you're a Lakers and Spurs fan. Uh, that Forbes guy lit it up in the fourth. I think it might have been the beginning of the fourth quarter or the third quarter. That guy did great. But mainly with the Lakers, they just really showed their weaknesses. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to panic. Uh, I predicted that this team, I don't know if I said on the podcast, but I predict that this team is going to struggle uh, either minorly or majorly in the first half of the season, maybe until All-Star break. They might have a losing record. They might be you know, three games below 500, blah, 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 blah. I just think the Lakers are going to figure it out uh, a little past the midway point in the season. So with the Spurs game, the reason why I really want to talk about just the Spurs game in general is because we you could just really see how the young guys are not used to playing with a LeBron James caliber player, and that's fine. They're going to learn. Um, I, don't, I don't want you guys thinking I'm just ripping on these young guys like they're never going to learn. They suck. They're not going to do anything in the future. It's just... With these young guys, with the Brandon Ingrams, which I think he's the player that's young, that's playing best off of LeBron James at the moment. I think Kuzma still needs to learn off of LeBron. Lonzo still does. Josh Hart still needs to kind of learn off of LeBron. I just think that these these young guys on the Lakers, they were the best guys AU in middle school. They were the man. They were the ones that had the balls in their hand 80% of the time. Same thing in high school. Who knows? They might have the ball more because they're trying to get scouts, yada, yada, yada. In college, it was probably a little bit more like 60-40, like they had the ball in their hands 60% of the time. But then you come to the Lakers and the LeBron James is on your team. You're barely going to have the ball, usage rate-wise. Like, LeBron James, Rajon Rondo are going to be the two players on the Lakers, I feel like, at the end of the season that are going to have the ball the most in their hands. So these young guys on the Lakers don't really know how to play with basketball minds like a Rajon Rondo and LeBron because... You see these type of players, they might throw lobs, and then the young guys aren't expecting it. Like, oh, shoot, I didn't know that you saw me cutting. You know, whenever you play with Rajon Rondo and you play with LeBron James, there's a certain awareness that you have to have that at any moment they can throw a behind-the-back pass, they can throw an over-the-head pass, a 360 pass. They can do anything. They might throw it off the backboard to you and you don't even know it. So that court awareness that they need to have playing with a Rajon Rondo, they just need to be more aware that they could be getting the ball at unexpected times. And that's something that I feel like I saw in the Spurs game. LeBron James has some turnovers to where it's the other guy's fault because they just weren't expecting his pass, which the Cleveland Cavaliers grew accustomed to because they played with LeBron and they were so used to him. So I think the Lakers are going to be fine. It's just their their shooting isn't too good. They have like they have Kuzma, Hart, LeBron, Brandon Ingram that can shoot. But like say somebody like a LeBron or somebody like a – Kuzma or a Brandon Ingram, I don't want to think of you as a shooting option. I want to think of you as a scoring option, and there's a difference. A scoring option is somebody that's going to create a shot for themselves. You know, might do a pump fake, a couple dribbles, go up for a layup, go up for a floater, uh, step back, hit a three, those type of people. I want Kuzma, LeBron, 
and Brandon Ingram to be those type of players. I don't want to think of them as a Kyle Korver or a Wayne Ellington that's just going to like spot up and shoot. That, that's not their role. I think their role next to LeBron, since LeBron has had struggles with this without Kyrie, is having somebody that can create a shot for themselves, which is what Jordan Clarkson was supposed to be for LeBron last season. But that guy could not do anything. So I think the Lakers' biggest weakness is just their shooting ability. They have a Caldwell Pope. They have a Josh Hart. But they're not – I don't think they're great shooters or really, really good shooters. They're not those shooting options that I really want on a competitive playoff contending, maybe title contending team. Those are just not the type of shooters I want to have around. And that's why I think the Lakers will go after somebody like a Clay Thompson next offseason so they can have a spot-up shooter. Because Clay Thompson I don't think is a scoring option. I think of him more as a shooting option because that's somebody that – I don't know what to do, but I can guarantee that Klay Thompson is somewhere on the three-point line if I pass it to him. And if it's open, he has a 70% chance of making it. Or if somebody's guarding him, he has a 40% chance of making it. Like, Klay Thompson is just one of those guys you want to have on your teams for defense and for just that gut-wrenching shooting. Like, people don't understand how great of a shooter Klay Thompson is. The guy's super streaky. That's something I think I noticed about this Lakers team that I think is also going to be their weakness. And it's not a streaky type as far as Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson's always going to bang threes. But Klay Thompson, whenever he's hot, it's over. But whenever it comes to this Lakers team, you have the Lance Stevensons. Then you have the Kuzmas. That if they miss their first couple shots, it's over. There's that first shot theory, you know, that if you miss your first shot, you're going to shoot a lot lower than you will if you make your first shot. And it makes sense. It's just a, it's a mentality game thing in all sports it's 90 percent mental so whenever you miss that first shot you start to get hesitant for the next one but once you make your first shot of the day maybe it's a minute a minute and a half in you make your first shot then you're more confident in shooting again then you have you have that inner green light in you to shoot so I think that's the Lakers main problem too is that they're just streaky shooters they're not consistent knockdown shooters like a Wayne Ellington like a JJ Reddick like a Kyle Korver uh and especially like a Clay Thompson that I feel like they need. I guess we can just hop into the breaking news of the day. Tyron Lue gets fired from the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I am 50% shocked and I'm 50% not. The reason why I'm 50% shocked is because I thought this season was just going to be a throwaway season to the Cavs. They know they don't have LeBron. Your second option, other than like you have Kevin Love as your first option, but then your second option, you're, you're battling between if it's George Hill or J.R. Smith. This team went to the finals last year. If you're third, if you're now second option is J.R. Smith, that just shows how great LeBron James is, that he was able to bring that to the finals. Tyron Lue, I don't really think was ever a good coach. Now, the thing about Tyron Lue that I did like about Tyron Lue, and this is like genuine, like what I actually did like. I'm not just going to say what I liked and then throw a meme up. I feel like he was somebody that really enjoyed just being around the players. He was one of those guys that he always had the players back to the media. If the media says something about the players, he always defended them. And then he would get a little sarky with the media, which I like in a coach. The more of a personal relationship you can have with the players, the more they trust you. But I just think systematically, game strategy, Tyron Lue was not that type of guy. He was just one of those guys that, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like this in the NBA too. You know, like, I bet a lot of you guys play high school basketball. Maybe I might have one college kid. But after after a basketball game, you know, you guys might win. Coach, the basketball organization in high school wants to take you out to a Domino's pizza. I'm not sponsored. That's not paid. They want to take you out to some pizza place or like a Chick-fil-A or something. They all put the tables together so you guys can eat as a team. And then you have like at the very end of like a 24-row table 
or more like a 12 because, you know, you have two on each side. You have the coaches and the staff, the trainers, all sitting at one, all the grown-ups that are eating, talking about next game plan and what they're going to do this weekend at a neighborhood party in their backyard with a bonfire. And then you have, like, three rows of space, and then there's, like, where the players sit. Tyron Lue's one of those guys that I feel like just sat with, like, J.R. Smith and talked about, like, the next party that's coming up on Saturday night. Or he was talking to or he was talking to Kevin Love about what watch and what suit to wear and how to get on that GQ cover. I think he was one of those guys that just talked to the players and grew a relationship with the players, which is something I liked about Tyron Lue, something I feel uh, Kevin Love and Jarrett Smith did post stuff today about Tyron Lue, giving him daps. I did not mean to bring up J.R. Smith and Kevin Love because of those posts. It's just, you know, the the first option, Kevin Love, and then the terrible second option you have. And J.R. Smith just came to my head. So today, Oklahoma City Thunder 0-4. Um, it's October 28th. It's a Sunday. Today, they're playing against a Devin Booker-less Suns. As, as far as I know, Devin Booker's not playing because I think he tweaked his hamstring. He did something. If you cannot beat a Devin Booker-less Suns, and you have a former MVP and a great defensive two-way player in Paul George, and then you have a should be an all-star type of player in Steven Adams. If you don't have those three guys, plus a Dennis Schroeder and Noah Noel coming off the bench, cannot beat a Devin booker Suns, you're not making the playoffs. If the Suns, without Devin Booker, right now they're 1-4. and four. If they leave today, 2-4. and four. If they have two wins after today, Oklahoma City Thunder, you're not making the playoffs. It's facts. Oklahoma City Thunder, you're not making the playoffs. You have Russell Westbrook, you have Paul George, you have Steven Adams. Then and your your bench has Dennis Schroeder and Nerlens Noel. If you cannot beat a Devin Booker list, Suns, you're not making the playoffs. And if the Thunder don't make the playoffs, I can eat every single one of my words. Why do you say that? Because I said that Carmelo Anthony makes the teams that he goes to worse. So if the Oklahoma City Thunder manage to not make the playoffs, you guys can send DMs hating on me because I was a little bit too negative on Carmelo Anthony. And if Carmine Anthony really makes teams better, if he goes to the Houston Rockets, and the census is that the Houston Rockets are better with Carmine Anthony. So if that's true, if the Rockets do better, which I don't know how they're, I don't really know how the Rockets are going to do better because they were first seed last year. I mean, if they're a second seed, I can, I can count that as better or somewhat the same. But if they're, if they're four or if they're five and below, shout out to the store five and below, but if they're five and below seed wise in the Western Conference, I'm right about Carmelo Anthony, but if the Thunder do not make the playoffs, I'm wrong on Carmelo Anthony. I honestly think Carmelo Anthony to that Oklahoma City Thunder team was just one of those players that you have to pass it to just so you make him happy. It was like, all right, Russell Westbrook and Paul George, like me and you, we're going to run this thing. Ah, Carmelo Anthony hasn't shot the ball yet, or Carmelo Anthony has only shot it seven times today. He wants to shoot 17, 25 times. we got to pass him the ball. If the Oklahoma City Thunder... Don't make the playoffs. You guys can write about me about how I was being too negative on Kamal Anthony. And if the Rockets do better, you can do the same thing. But if the Rockets are below five, and even if the Thunder make the playoffs, if the Rockets are worse, much worse, like 10 wins less worse, I'm right about Kamal Anthony. I am historically correct on Kamal Anthony. One problem I'm having right now is I'm trying to sit here as I'm podcasting, figuring out why two things. Why Derrick Rose is a 75 overall on 2K and why Derrick Rose is not starting. Derrick Rose is averaging 15 points, four rebounds, and five assists in his first six games with the Minnesota Timberwolves coming off the bench. 
15, 4, and 5 coming off the bench. That is a sixth man of the year. If he remains as a sixth man, he's sixth man of the year, undebatably. So if Derek Rose can kind of keep it up right now, if he can still average around this 15, 4, and 5 where he is right now, for one, he shouldn't be a 75 overall in 2K, and he should be sixth man of the year. People have Carmel Anthony winning sixth man of the year. The guy's averaging, I think, 16, 4. So you're like, oh, you're saying that stat line, 16 points, four rebounds, a little bit better than Derek. The guy's averaging zero assists. Derek Rose is averaging five assists. Still putting up only one last point to Carmel Anthony. So what I'm trying to say is Derek Rose is better than Carmel Anthony right now. He's sixth man of the year. Haha. And I think that'd be a good accomplishment, too, because a lot of people say that Derek Rose is finished. And I know a lot of people might say, wow, he went from an MVP to a sixth man of the year. But that's still showing that Derek Rose, through all these injuries, you know, a face fracture, four knee surgeries. He's still one of those guys that's meaningful to a team that's getting a six man of the year. And that's a, that's an award that I see. I don't really count last year's six man of the year. I don't count Lou Williams as a six man. Just like how I don't count Ben Simmons as a rookie from last year. Lou Williams played 32 minutes a game. I There's there's a lot of starters, I feel like, that don't play 32 minutes a game. I mean, I think of a six man or just a bench player that comes in four minutes into the first quarter, plays until maybe about three minutes into the second, out and probably probably until the second half of the third and then barely plays in the fourth quarter that's mostly a bench player to me Lou Williams if you're playing 32 minutes a game you're obviously on the court a lot three days I'll have an October recap coming out just talking about the players that I'm mostly shocked about some teams that are impressing me some teams that are very underwhelming right now like the Oklahoma City Thunder, like the Houston Rockets. I'll talk to you guys in the next podcast episode. This is the Basketball Studios Podcast. Peace.